On your mark, get set. Let's go. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Mister, will you please wake up? Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Good morning, Kevin Durant. You should have never left California. This bronze sexual upset me in oh, having man. to bring this teenage idiot from Wisconsin into a sports conversation. Are you really surprised that the Cowboys are giving up on Ezekiel Elliott? Whoa, well, no one cares about baseball. Bitch, are you for real? Here we go! Good morning! Welcome! To the fabulous, fantastic football Friday edition of Snowman in the Morning. And boy, we got a lot to cover in a short amount of time to get there. I am totally sorry for the late start to the program. It's my fault. I had uh, I had some belly issues, and I still got them going on, but I'm here. I'm waiting for my partner to get here. Um, but uh, I want to thank you all for sticking with us. And now we go to the whip around, a quick version thereof. Starts like this. Novak Djokovic is back. Hamstring injury? What hamstring injury? He could easily walk to the Australian Open Championship. Sons are expect uh, the sale of the Suns. Expected to be approved, a uh, expect to prove Matt Ishbia. I hope I got that right. As the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, before the trade dare, deadline, approved billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia as the new owner before the February 9th trade deadline. Said people familiar with the situation as they talked to the Republic. ESPN first reported the news on Wednesday. The news is significant because the Suns haven't made any trades so far this season. Interim team governor Sam Gavin, a minority owner, can't make a major move without the approval of majority owner Robert Sarver. And in a sentence, I should tell you everything you need to know about that organization. And to think this team two years ago competed in the finals. And Mike McCarthy says, Jerry Jones, he wants me to coach here as long as Tom Landry. Really? You, you, you actually believe that? Scott Rowland is the newest Hall of Famer. Who? And the New York Jets have hired Nath- What? I'm done. Nathaniel Hackett hired by the Jets. 
which puts my buddy Ryan McCarthy in a holding pattern. Nathaniel Hackett hired by the New York Jets. I'm sorry, what? And a bit of sad news to wrap things up. Longtime uh, college basketball analyst Billy Packer has passed away at the age of 82 due to kidney failure. Anyone who has watched the Final Four when it was on NBC first, then CBS, is very familiar with the one called Billy Packer. His first partner on CBS, I remember, was Gary Bender. That was up until 1984. And then uh, it was Brent Musburger from 85 to 90. Then Musburger moved on to ABC. And uh, it was Jim Nance the rest of the way up until Billy Packer stepped away in 2008. Here's my man, Cool Sports with a Z in the house on this Friday morning. The first time I heard Billy Packer's voice was 81 at the Spectrum in Philadelphia when the Indiana Hoosiers completed the deal to win the national championship. But what put him on the map for me was a year later, March 29th, 1982, at the Superdome in New Orleans. I'll give you the floor. I'll be right back. All right. Well, the first time I heard his voice, I think it was, uh, I forgot um, who was in the uh, national championship the year before 81. And I didn't recognize this voice. So uh, it, it was it was interesting because uh, I, I finally learned when I was young what a color analyst was supposed to be. So I heard his voice in 80. And then we fast forward to now, and he has provided us with four decades of wonderful material from which to draw. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful thing uh, to celebrate a wonderful uh, a life that's rich, but still, it's unfortunate when it happens. Billy Packer, color analyst on NBC, then CBS for the NCAA basketball area dead at the age of 82. And that concludes today's Whip Around. To the C, to the H, to A, to the T, do we go? And... We see first in is one Mr. Ryan McCarthy. I hope the brew is good, my man. Everything is wonderful over here on this side of the world. And speaking of side of world, all the way from Norway, Sig Diggy, he says, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good afternoon to you, sir. He says, good morning to us and happy Friday. And, of course, he's asked the same question of one Mr. McCarthy. Victor Locke says, good morning, all. And he says, and his mood has been killed. And uh, Sick asks, what? And he asked that. And after that, he says, the hack is now the Jets' head coach? Who's read it? Who's read did he brown nose? Well, he's not the he's not the Jets' head coach. No, he's new office coordinator. Uh, Rava Salah is still the head coach of the of the Jets. 
but they had to assure themselves of the offensive side of the ball, as Ryan McCarthy also said, not the head coach, office coordinator. <laughs> uh, Six says, Ryan McCarthy, either way. Are you kidding me? Uh, and when we come back, we will talk about other uh, new hires. Actually, we'll talk about a new head coach hire. On the other side, this is Snowman in the Morning on a Friday morning with, I was just gonna say, with uh, Brian Snow, I am Cole Johnson back, as uh, Chuck really used to say, in two and two. This is Snowman in the Morning. The original Think Drink is back. Level up with proven ingredients formulated to crush your competition. No gimmicks, no jitters, no messing around. Just high-potency results that keep you moving day or night. There's a new nerd in town, and we came to play. Nerd Focus. Smarter than energy. SeatGeek is the ticketing app for fans like the High Five Strangers Guy. Game-winning interception. First down. Just a nice, solid tackle. If you're in arm's length, you will be swapping skin with this extrovert. You see, he knows SeatGeek got him a great deal on tickets, so he can focus on what he does best. Smacking palms. SeatGeek handles the tickets to sports, concerts, and more, so fans can fan. This is a BS3 Network presentation. Politics. They'll write the law, but they'll enforce it differently. Is that going to apply both ways? Religion. God never said that we can't reason together. Matter of fact, he said, let us sit and reason together. Relationship. I believe that everybody wants and needs somebody. From a man's perspective. They say, girls, if I put some polish on that and get him to some, buy some different clothes, girl, he could be a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Join the thought engineer. There's nothing wrong with me developing my piece and you developing your piece, but understand the goal is to come together. And comedian John Yogi. Negro, I don't need you putting on no chapstick up there in the pulpit. You do that over there in your chair. Get ready for. Live every Monday at 7 p.m. Central. We take this job so serious. What in the all types of blue hell? This is Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson. You damn right. Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson on this fabulous, fantastic Friday edition with Cole Sports with a Z in the house with me. What the hell are the New York Jets thinking? Well, here, here's what they're thinking, and I think uh, I'll I'll answer this question for you, sick. Uh, uh, the rationale, and I know Ryan has already combed to this, so this isn't something that's new to him. Yep. Uh, they hired Nathaniel Hackett to lure yeah. the first four. The first four letters of his last name should tell you everything you need to know. And what's so sad is 
his the last name, his father Paul was a wonderful, uh, venerable office coordinator for a long time with many different teams. But Nathaniel Hackett, basically, the Jets hired him to lure Mr. Ayahuasca, who needs to find a way to win games. So they're trying to so lure they, Aaron. Hmm? So they hired Nathan, they hired a loser to lure a loser to New York. Wow. Well, I could have said it better myself. But uh, yes, they, they're hoping that. Let me get this right. Mm-hmm. They hired a loser to lure a loser to New York. Well, also you have to understand uh, the 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 uh, the office coordinator loser uh, coached the quarterback loser to back to back MVPs. So people are thinking, well, Mister Hackett, you must be the quarterback whisperer of one Aaron Rodgers. So we will just. We'll just yank you from Lambeau Field, put you in the MetLife Stadium, put on the Kelly Green and White, and you will lead us to a playoff uh, appearance, maybe even contendership, possibly a Super Bowl trip, because you at least have a Super Bowl ring, and you are one of the most elite quarterbacks in the league, and we our defense is already set and solid. Uh, do I have that right, Mr. McCarthy? I can only respond with what in the all types of blue hell. And you can also respond the same way with that comment right there. You know what? But but I, but I will respond in kind. I don't remember asking you a thing. Go ahead, sir. Please continue. Do it again. Oh, do it again. All right. I don't remember asking you a thing. Hey, Rod West, what's the matter? Your Patriots sitting at home in the playoffs while my 49ers and Sam's Eagles are competing (laughs) for a conference championship? (laughs) In stereo, Playmaker and A-Pizzle both go. Where is that clip? Where is that? Do you have it on the new board? Uh, no, it's not on the new board yet. I think I, I think I pulled yet it being the operative word. Yeah, this is Cole. He'll be in the lab in a few minutes. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! In stereo, they both I'm say it. I'm so <laughs> tempted to. I'm I'm not gonna do it. I'll be nice. No, I won't. Shut up, Rod. <laughs> oh wow, that's why your Patriots suck. That's why Tom. Well, I can't say Tom Brady sucks. He's got all the. No, no Tom Brady doesn't suck. No, Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't suck. But everything that he has done, and I said this to Rod. I said this to you, and I'll say this to everybody, and they know I'm right. Everything Tom Brady has achieved, who did it before him? Uh, one, Mister Joe Montana. I rest my case. Now, the Carolina Panthers have a new coach. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. Frank. Frank. Now, th- there's there's two layers to this. Well, three. it might be. Well, okay, three. One is this is the first ever Panthers quarterback. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that, but yes, he he. If you would if you were very to ask first, this, very first starter, if you would ask this trivia question, who was the first starter in Carolina was, Panthers history? Frank Reich is your answer. It was Frank Reich. So I was I was at Clemson when it happened. Mm-hmm. So 
it's sort of like a return to the past to get them to the future. That's one that's one side of it. Another side is redemption. You know, he he you know, he had a he had a decent start as a head coach of the, of the of the Colts, but then it just went sour fast. Uh and of course, then this will make Cool McCain happy. It was because of one Carson Wentz. And, and it continued to go spiraling down further. It, yeah, and it continued to spiral further down with, with the, the I don't know what you want to call uh, what Matt Ryan did there. And then, <laughs> but of course, people are going to like him because he was the offense coordinator of the 2017 Super Eagles. Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Who took him to the Super okay. Bowl and won it. Okay, here's the third layer. And not many people are going to look at this, and mm-hmm. I know Jay will when we dissect this even further on Monday. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is going to be their quarterback? Uh, well, it could be it, it, it could be Sam Darnold. Let me try this again. Who in the vital blue, yellow-bellied, red-blooded hell is going to be their quarterback? Because Sam Darnold doesn't deserve to wear number fourteen. Well, it oh, could did be. I say, did I say that one aloud? Oh, it could be PJ Walker. Hell no. Uh, well, I'm, it, it could be Baker Mayfield. Are you kidding? Hey, now if I was kidding, I would say Cam Newton. I would exactly. say something. I, you know how I feel about Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. We discussed it off the air many times. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. Hey, Pizzle just made a suggestion, but I don't think it'll happen. I don't think they'll climb high enough to get him. CJ Stroud? CJ yeah. Stroud will not help that franchise. CJ Stroud is no. too damn good. No, he's he's too good. And that offensive line with pass it's blocking. Porous. With it's pass porous. blocking is bad. It's good with rush. It's good uh, run blocking, but it's horrible pass protection. Um and here's the and here's another wrinkle that we're going to hear a little bit on the fringe end of, Before uh, of you say NFL. That, let me respond fandom. to a comment. I don't want you to post. It goes like this. The Patriots will finish last in the AFC East next year. I don't care about that. We ain't talking about them. I know. Uh, and, Bryce, and Bryce ain't going to fall to them. Either. No, Bry- Bryce Young will be gone before the Panthers pick. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot of, when we do, when we dissect the draft and believe me, I'm going to yeah. dive head first and knee deep. Mm-hmm into it for the first time in about 10 years thank you ryan we i totally forgot to... I, I totally forgot about this they did draft Matt, Matt corral. corral who of course the quarterback oh. who did pretty well at old miss at mississippi right but are they going to start him no that is your question on, i think the answer is no that you hooked on pj walker yeah the answer t- that is no I and, and that and it's not going to be frank wright's decision it's going to be david tepper's decision mm-hmm. right David Tepper does not have the balls to put Matt Corral in there. No. no. Let me say that again. David Tepper, not Frank Reich, because Frank Reich will pull the trigger in a heartbeat. David Tepper does not have the balls to start Matt Corral. Matt Corral, rather. Yeah. Period. And good morning to um, Wise, who is in Florida. Yeah, he's on Orlando. Mm-hmm. He's, he's in Orlando. Yeah, we we're gonna meet up a little later, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let me see, where's it? Where's it? Where's it? Where's it? But uh, yeah, uh, and the final wrinkle, and you'll hear this There's on more. the fringe. Yeah, you'll hear this on the fringe of NBA uh, of NFL fandom. 
the interim head coach, Steve Wilkes, who took them to the doorstep of the horrible NFC South Divisional title. And then got smacked in the mouth in Tampa. In one quarter. Uh, people were thinking, well, okay, you did a good enough job. I won't say you did a great job. You did a good enough, you did a good enough job because we were circling the drain. And then some. Mm-hmm. Before you became interim head coach, then they rose to the the rim of the circling of the drain. Mm-hmm. Have no fear. I mean, hey, uh, the Bucks basically were in a dirty sink about to get to the drain. Uh, and then they played the Dallas freaking Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So the, the talk is this guy did enough to get the interim tag uh, scratched from his uh, title. No. But but you will hear this because, of course, we have this co- conversation when it comes to quarterbacks of certain ilk. And coaches of certain ilk. And we will have that. And that conversation of coaches of certain ilk will be talked about, too, because you have him not being even discussed as a as a head coach. Meanwhile, Good. you go Good. to Indianapolis. Meanwhile, you go to Indianapolis and the one in seven Colts, uh, well, one uh, a guy who led the Colts to one and oh, seven one. is being interviewed for the coaching job, and, and yes, will eventually, and, and will eventually get it, and will yes. and will eventually get it, and it's going to set off a firestorm. Watch this; it's going to set off a a firestorm bigger than Lucas Oil Stadium. They want Lucas. Apparently, there's not enough signatures to prevent Lucas Oil Stadium from burning to the ground because Jim Irsay and his drunk ass is going to. I won't complete the thought. Thank you. Because we I do not want to pray. I, I will not complete the thought. Yeah, um, pray he needs to go on a bender. And and to Bishop Rod, whatever the hell this name is. Um, <laughs> whatever the name is. <laughs> I don't know what the hell this name Look, it's 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 true I'm old, and it's true I have trouble with my sight, but even I can't read this grade A homogenized Holstein that's on my screen here. Bishop Rod put Graham, res- wait, James- wait, put, put some respect on TB12 name, and you got the nerve to call me a jive turkey? Look at your team, fool. Bishop Rod Graham, Jake's of New Victory, Kang James Church. Moan him! Thank you! And whenever you read that, why do I feel bile in my throat every time you? <laughs> every time that's read? Why do I feel bile in my throat? See, this is one of the mornings I did not get any coffee, but now I need some. So if y'all can help the hosts out with a with a cash app, that would be great. Oh Lord! But but, but, (laughs) okay. Frank Reich is the coach of the Panthers with a tremendous problem in front of him, and it's the key position on the team. And then and it doesn't stop there. It, it, look, who's going to catch I'm, the ball from the quarterback? Who's going to run the ball? Let's go even further. Matter of fact, let's go further than that. Who's going to do the, you know where I'm going. Who's going to do the damn blocking? Because it ain't like you got five Panay Sewells at, up front to start. Hell, it ain't like you got five Jesse Sapolos up front to start. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Salute to Jesse Sapolo. Yes, definitely, definitely salute to Jesse Sapolo. Oh, and by the way, Rod West, you will put some respect on number 16, Joe Montana. Yep. Put some respect on it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, sick. I'm, I'm, uh, having trouble, I'm having trouble breathing right now because I want to laugh out loud and I want to throw up at the same time when I see this name in the chat. And you know <laughs> Look, all right, all right. I don't have a I don't have a script in front of me, okay? So you know this is going to go off the rails if we haven't already. Oh lord, Ryan. Y'all got that PG Walker man? <laughs> That's cold, Ryan. Look at Victor's question. You was ice cold. Oh, this oh, oh this one here. Wait a minute. You see it? Look at yeah. Victor's question. Is Rod trying to take the, is Rod trying to take down the city? Fifth? You know what? I was on um, A Pizzle's Four Horsemen of Pickums the other night, and there mm -hmm. was another guy that had a bunch of sounds just as I do. Mm -hmm. And we must have gone back and forth for a good half hour. And one of the guys on there laughed so hard he had to turn his camera off. Oh Lord. oh, Lord. All right, sick. Here it is. I'll do it for you. <clears throat> no, this one's mine. Okay. Rod West Hungover Stupor is brought to you by Bum Leg Orthopedics. Oh, my leg. Oh, my leg. Oh, my leg. Oh, my leg. In association with Braun Braun Joy Juice. Now available in purple and gold and made with 100% organic seal milk. <laughs> Lord, Why? and I, I just I love the part you found. I spoke often about your genius of the hour two intro. The mm -hmm. part you found for the playmaker. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, <laughs> wait a minute. Why is it? And you called this at the top of the season. Why is it being set up? That, oh, you know who is going to break the record in between championship weekend and the blankety-blank got Super Bowl. I told you. You said this during the summer. I said I said it. I was like, and I, you watch when it gets along, broken. I followed along with your logic, and I did the calculation before mm -hmm. the season started, and I'm like, mm -hmm. damn, he's – and you know he had a big part of this. Well, he set out a few games to have. Yes, he so, set it up, mm -hmm, and yeah. he's setting it up to break it in San Francisco. Oh, but if all, pla if all places there, I, yeah. the irony is real. The bullshit is real. Because I was thinking either it, it, I, I said it was probably either going to be two places when he goes to Madison Square Garden, or, or, when, he, or, or when he goes to Chase Center for the last time this year. Yeah, go figure. Uh, well, okay. since it is the bottom of our number one on a Friday, we we have to introduce the guy who always brings us all the hot football news of the pro variety. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Sam Shady who joins us on the program. Good morning, sir. Good morning. So excited to talk to you guys. And with that. Down one, two, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high, and watch our eagles fly. Flying eagles fly. 
Tim, you ready? Oh, I'm so ready, Brian. <laughs> 3 p.m. Well, 1 p.m. where you live, but 3 p.m. kickoff on Sunday. Oh. The Eagles host the 49ers in a game that I have to say my partner actually predicted week one of this season. And now it is here. Yeah. What what are what are your initial thoughts about this game as we roll into Sunday? Well, ironically enough, if there was one opponent I could have picked that I didn't want the Eagles to play, it would have been the 49ers <laughs> because they're easily yeah. the toughest competition in the NFC. And I've, I've really been saying this all season long. Yes. Um, I wanted no Dallas question. to win personally mm-hmm. because I felt like our chances of beating Dallas were a lot better. But yeah. with that being said, I don't think it's going to be – a game where the Eagles are outmatched. I think it's going to be a very good game. Um, oh in fact, Lord, yeah. I personally think it might be one of the best championship games we've seen in probably the last five to ten years. I'll go further than that. This will be one of the best championship games I personally have watched since the masterpiece by the Giants in 1990 at Candlestick Park, where they beat the 49ers without a touchdown. Five might, field goals won that it game. It might be a similar type of similar style of game if that's the case. Yeah, it, it's gonna. Uh, what did I say all week? It's gonna be a slobber knocker. Mm-hmm. And Sam, what did I tell you at the top of the season? Who did I pick to be in the championship game? You said it one hundred percent for all season long. Eagles versus 49ers. and it, it, it turned out. Exactly and the only like thing I predicted. thought. And the only thing I've said it all season and it's come true. The only thing that will be decided is where it would either be at Lincoln financial field or be at Levi's stadium. And with the way the Eagles got off to their fast start this year and the 49ers ran into some, ran into some bumps, even though, and thank you, Minnesota Vikings, the, the Niners still claim the number two seed in the playoffs. Damn. I'm loving it because, and I'm taking a playful shot at Playmaker, there's no Rams. There's no Cowboys. There's no there's no, and there's no Bucks. And there's no Bucks. So Rod Graham West's jive turkey of a quarterback is gone. The joke of a quarterback called Dak, Dak Prescott is gone. Who only knows what the hell the Rams are going to do at quarterback? These are the two best teams. I've said it. I said it at the top of the summer. I said it at the top of the season. And I will say it now. These are the two best teams in the NFC locking horns for the Hallis Trophy in Philadelphia Sunday afternoon. I 100% agree. And personally, I think this is going to be one of those games where it's going to come down to who has the ball last or who has the, who makes the least mistakes. Because honestly, mm-hmm. both of these teams are so stacked offensively and defensively that there's really no heavy favorite in this game, in my mind. No. I mean, I'm, I'm what, not what's super spread confident. Now? Two, what's the spread two? now? Two and, is it two or two and a half? I think it's two, it's and, a two and a half. Because mm-hmm. the original line was a point and a half. Right. That's why I was coming, sto- coming out of uh, Santa Clara after the Niners game ended. Now it's two and a half. This is the lowest point spread for an NFC Championship game in a while. I believe it, and it's it's accurate, I think. And here's the funny thing. You, you said, and I agree with you, you said that the, the 
the toughest competition the Eagles could face is the 49ers. On the flip side, the same can be said is true for the 49ers. For the 49ers. There, yeah. is, there, there wouldn't have been anybody tougher for them to run into in the NFC than the Eagles because for some reason, I, I, I always felt as the season went on, probably starting in October, uh, no, November, I actually thought, I'm like, these two teams have an answer for everybody else except, I think, for one except another. Except each other. Mm-hmm. And that came true for San Francisco after we got beat by Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And somehow, and Sam and I talked about this, the biggest piece of the 49ers that came together, aside of what they have in Brock Purdy, was their offensive line. And you're correct, Brian, two and a half. Uh, the Eagles are, are two and a half. It is two and a half. Mm-hmm. It, I can't put any money on this game. I can't put any cheese on this game. I can't because mm, I have no, I, I'm Sam. I'm like you. I'm just itching for Sunday. Can we get through today and tomorrow and get to Sunday afternoon, please? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I can't wait for the game. Um, I'm super excited again. I think it's going to be a great game. No matter who wins or loses, this yes. is not going to be a blowout. There's no way. And no. this could be the first of a few times that Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy meet in the championship game because I've said since Purdy took over in the Miami game for us, the 49ers have their – and I want your thoughts on this, Sam. Yeah. The 49ers have their quarterback right now. Uh, I'm actually on the flip side of this. I personally think they still want to see what they have in Trey Lance, so I think it's going to be an open competition. But I do think that uh, ultimately they give Trey Lance maybe one or two, three games. If he looks poor again, that's it. They're pulling the plug. It's Brock Purdy show, and you go from there. But I I definitely just think that they've invested too much. They should forget the investment. I know they invested a lot to get Trey Lance, and they were suckered by getting Trey Lance. Oh, well. I'm going to say it honestly. I wasn't impressed with Trey Lance at North Dakota State. I sure as hell wasn't impressed with Trey Lance in Chicago. And part of that was the play calling of Mike Shanahan, and they didn't run the football. A, the Niners figured it out as the season went along, especially after the Denver fiasco. B, and I will say this to anyone within shouting distance, they have their quarterback now with Brock Purdy. The poise, the confidence. The it's arm going, angles. It's going to be difficult to me to sell anybody. I, I don't care if it's 49ers fan. I don't care if it's an analyst. It's going to be hard to sell to anybody that if John Lynch, the GM of the 49ers, if he were to actually say, yeah, our future is still with Trey Lance, but you got a chance to see your rookie quarterback take your team no worse than the NFC championship the NFC championship. That's the worst you could say, because we could actually end up saying he took him to a ring. And, in, and that's going to be, that's going to be very, that's going to be a very difficult sell to say, yeah, Purdy got it for us, but our man is still Trey Lance. I, I, I would get, if that would be, the, if that would happen, I would think you would get the vibe that the giants had after 1990 when Hostetler Jeff Hostetler. Yep. Jumped in place of Phil Sims, but it wasn't a controversy. It was because of injury. And well, same, well, same here. To a ring. Well, yeah. well, same here. It was an injury that got Brock Purdy to start, and the same with right. Jeff Hostetler in 1990 because Phil Sims mm-hmm. took him to 10 and 1 
Right. And then after the 49ers and Candlestick, he suffered a, a what would turn out to be a season-ending injury. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff, Jeff Hosteller took him all the way to Tampa and won right. the thing. And won it. Mm-hmm. This is going to be – and Victor Locke, you said it so eloquently. This is going to be Brock Purdy's oh, SAT, SAT exam. exam. Nice. I like, how that. I like how you say that, man. Yeah, so to, so to me, Sam, I, I get why you say this. I think just, I think it's going to be a hard sell to say, yeah, Trey Lance is still like that going forward. That's going to be a hard No, I, hard I completely thing. understand that thought process. It's just you got to look at it from the coach's perspective. What, is, what does mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan do? He's an offensive mind. He yes. handpicked Trey Lance to be his guy. So to give up on him without even really giving him an opportunity to start, I just don't think that's in Shanahan's blood. I personally think he's going to give him a chance. Again, it's probably only going to be a couple games. It'll be a short, short leash at the very best. Um, you know, and if he comes out firing and he looks good, he probably holds on to the job. But um, I honestly think long term we're going to see Purdy as a starter again in San Francisco. It just one way or another, it's going to happen, whether Lance gets injured or what. Um, I just think one of the things that Lance didn't benefit from is the fact that they try to rely so heavily on his run ability. Uh, I think yep, he averaged right. like seven carries a game. And they completely mm-hmm. changed the offense with Lance in. If they played their game and let him run when necessary, I think you might see a different Trey Lance. But I'm yeah. still, I'm still not sold on Trey Lance running. And this. for and, me, go ahead. You, you know, we talked about the experience with uh, Brock Purdy and how much experience he has. Three year starter in high school, four year starter. At Iowa State or in college, mm-hmm. for me, that's the difference. That and- is the difference because <laughs> Trey Lance put on a "quote unquote" showcase game at the Fargo Dome, and he flopped. And 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 to me, I, I, forget North Dakota State. Every time I've seen him in the pocket, whether it was a preseason last year, the preseason this year. He looks the two, scared. the two games we saw him in a regular season this year, he just didn't look sure of himself. He didn't look comfortable. Conversely, we yeah right. Conversely, when we saw Purdy come in cold off the bench, mm-hmm. I don't know if he actually ran with the first team until he actually became a starter. He actually looked like he had a grasp of the whole game, and I know I know he doesn't have the whole grasp of the playbook. I'm not saying that. But it just seems it just seems as though he didn't shrink in the moment. It, it's, it was like, okay, I was meant to be on this stage. And you could see that in him. That's the biggest thing for me is the confidence. Yeah. And one of the first throws he unleashed, I want to say it was to use check mm-hmm. against Miami. And there was no way he was going to get it over the top. Of an on, of two oncoming defenders who actually leaped in the air to try to get him. So what does Purdy do? He went Dan Quisenberry, mm-hmm. drop sidearm, mm-hmm. and and flung it to. Dude, I am so impressed with Purdy and his fun and his fundamentals. Pay attention, Rob West. Now that is what fundamentals that's, of Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. and the fundamentals of Brock Purdy, the two best quarterbacks remaining. Going at it for the NFC Championship. What can you say, Sam, about the maturation 
of Jalen Hurts and the way he's played this year? Oh, yes, please. Please talk about that. Oh, I'm personally, I'm very encouraged by the progress that Jalen Hurts has shown. Last year, he was a run first quarterback that was a pass second guy. And this year, his work with Tom House this offseason has been mm. instrumental in his accuracy, his decision making, his overall ability as a passer. And it has shown on the field so amazingly. <laughs> It's not even yes. funny. Like I, I expected progress, but I did not expect MVP caliber progress this Agreed. quickly. It's just I expected more time to be needed. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, he showed me a lot this year because I knew this was going to be, um, you know, to steal the term that was just given his SAT year. You know, he, it was either the Eagles were going to give him this season and he was going to show out and he was going to seize that parent franchise quarterback position for the, the foreseeable future, or they were probably going to let him go into a lame duck year in his final season of his contract. And, you know, if, if he hits free agency, so be it. And we move in another direction, but he obviously showed out and did what they hoped he would do. And here we are, you know, he's probably going to be the yeah. franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future next three, I'll four, five, six seasons. I will say this, and I, I will put a I will put uh, another quarterback that Philly has had that has the similar makeup as Jalen Hurts, and the transformation from one to another was heavily apparent. the the uh, the first to second year as an Eagle of one Michael Vick. Michael Vick. When uh, Mike when when Vick. Got there in 2009. He he literally looked like he just simply had no clue as to what he wanted to do or if he could do anything yep. at quarterback. And then when we see him take the field the very next year, not only is the not only is the doubt gone, but the version we saw in Atlanta was gone. And he was comfortable in the pocket. He took off when necessary, not at a moment's notice. And he was able to, and you could see it. He was able mm -hmm. to just go through progressions, and he would do that before he would decide to take off and run. Seeing that in Hertz, I think that is what that that's what Im impressed me about him, and that's what gives me gives me hope mm -hmm. that a quarterback that has that type of skill, that type of athletic ability, in like Jalen Hurts, can have that ability and use it to it. To, to their advantage, but you could still be team silly in the pocket. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, so so Sam, what say you about other QBs in terms of they're seeing Jalen Hurts the 2022 version and the possibility of hmm, we see Jalen can make that transition. I can do that too. Like if it is a Lamar Jackson or if it is. Uh, uh, well, heck, uh, for a, a, a lower status, PJ Walker, or if it is any, or, or is a Kyler Murray, uh, those types of quarterbacks. Do you think that it would help those who have the athletic ability, but they shy away from actually learning how to be a tall, confident presence in the pocket? Can they gather confidence from Jalen Hurts from this year? Absolutely, they can. I mean, absolutely, they can. There were literally people that said Jalen Hurts was more of a running back than he was a quarterback when he came in out of college. And, right. you know, it, it was fair to be said, the dude had over 20 rushing touchdowns in college. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he was a run first quarterback. 
and mm-hmm. he has transitioned beautifully into a you know not necessarily a pocket passer because obviously he still ran a lot this season but right. he's a guy that can do damage both ways he's a true dual threat quarterback and that is right. the definition of the position you know right. we saw a couple seasons ago where lamar jackson tore it up in the past game but he's kind of waned since then and you know mm-hmm. you wonder why but that's because of this that's how he's used he was run right. first to set up yep. the pass and mm-hmm. then defense has adapted over the past mm-hmm. couple seasons and now it's time for him to transition into that pass first quarterback that uses his legs when they're necessary and yes. that's another thing that's going to prolong his career as well and i, I guarantee baltimore's yes. looking at this when they're considering his contract as well you you mm-hmm. have to consider his his long-term viability if he's right. running this much every single season He's going to continue mm-hmm. to have lower body injuries for the rest of his career. And he's eventually going to flame out and be out of the NFL in, you know, probably seven seasons rather than 10, 15, 18 years or whatever it may be. And shout out shout out to Cam Newton, by the way. And here's the part where I've exactly. said about – here's what I've said about Lamar Jackson. And I continue to get crushed for this, but there's a word that I've used. and People don't want to look at it this way. But because of what happened in 2019 with Lamar Jackson getting a unanimous MVP, and you can look at the numbers since then and his style of play, Lamar has regressed. I think that's an accurate description. I think it's two things. One, Greg Roman's scheme has always Mm -hmm. been one where it's successful early on. Defenses are thrown for a loop. But the more they get filmed, the more they figure out his, his you know, forte. So eventually mm-hmm. that transitions into, you know, on-field dominance by the defense. And, again, that was the same thing with Lamar. It, it's yes. not that Lamar doesn't have the physical attributes to be a franchise quarterback. It's that they lean so heavily on his run game, like Cole so aptly put it a couple minutes ago, that mm-hmm. – he didn't have to be that pocket passer. He didn't have to beat teams with his arm. He traditionally was beating teams with his legs, and they were so focused on what he could do on the ground that they opened up passing lanes for him. He was never an accurate quarterback. He might never be an accurate quarterback, quite honestly, unless he, he sure as hell wasn't accurate seriously. at Louis- He sure as hell wasn't accurate at Louisville. It was his legs that got him that Heisman Trophy. He was not accurate at Louisville. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong. We're not trying to bash on Lamar Jackson here. He's an unbelievable athlete. In fact, one of the best I've ever seen in my entire life, probably since Mike Vick. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, he needs to go seek out help to develop as a passer. Go get with Tom House. Go get with somebody like that. And you work with him to continue to develop as a passer. Because as you progress, like we spoke about, the successful dual threat quarterbacks slowly transition into pocket passers as they go you know guys like steve mcnair donovan mcnab uh you know john elway even was a run first quarterback early in his career so Mm -hmm. you look at all these guys how did they make their careers last and how did how were they successful over time it was throwing the the ball from the pocket they stayed in the pocket and the best example and the best example steve young that is a great example. He is one of the best running quarterbacks of all time, but we don't ever talk about it because of the fact that he was so successful as a passer. Right. Anyone 
Three passing titles in four years, beginning in 1992. First 49er quarterback ever to throw for 4,000 yards in a season. Again, the year 1992. And that was when he made the transition, finishing the 91 year in place of Montana, where he became a quarterback. I don't see that for Lamar Jackson because let's go back to the divisional playoff game where they hosted Tennessee. Baltimore had the number one seed supposedly had an easy route to the Super Bowl. And then Tennessee came into Baltimore and they socked Lamar Jackson in the mouth and they punched Baltimore in the mouth and took away his game. 100%. 100%. And you hit the nail on the head. Like, as much as I hate to say it, like I said, Lamar is a dynamic athlete. But Mm -hmm. the whole reason all these coaches are seeking after dual threat quarterbacks is so they keep the the thought of the run in the back of the defense's mind. It doesn't have to be an every play thing. You know, these offenses that you see developed around the run first quarterbacks are so these guys can transition from the college game to the NFL, but it's supposed to be a progression to a pocket passer, regardless Mm -hmm. of how you look at it. It's just, that's how it should work. Um, You should grow as a quarterback year over year. And that's a big reason why Greg Roman is no longer with Baltimore. They want Mm -hmm. Lamar to transition, and he's not the offensive coordinator to do so. The guys he's been successful with in the past, Colin Kaepernick, you know, like guys that are very similar to what Lamar Jackson's showing us right now. He regressed as a passer and then ultimately ended up out of the league. And Mm -hmm. I'm not here to argue that, you know, his social justice campaign didn't have anything to do with it because, let's be honest, it did. But at the same time, I think he would have been still in the NFL had he progressed as a passer Thank rather you. than just relied on his Thank leg. You. Thank you. Thank you. He needed to progress as a passer, and he didn't. After, matter of fact, I'll give you the exact game or, or the exact time where Kaepernick fell off as a quarterback. After he threw for 412 yards oh, in gosh. the opening game against after the Super Bowl. Bay, that was after the Super Bowl. At Candlestick Park. After a Super Bowl appearance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> down the drain and he hasn't rec- and he hasn't recovered and you wonder why you, you wonder why Kaepernick will never get another shot look at the film well you don't have to look at the film anymore but no. yeah uh, the, it's it's too easy to dissect that mm-hmm. I agree and quite honestly if I were an NFL team looking at Colin Kaepernick at this point I'm not even I'm not even considering it because no. not only do I know right. that it's been so long, but to me he doesn't show a love for the game. What was his lasting memory? You know, the last time he <clears throat> had a chance to potentially be an NFL starter. <clears throat> he he turned down a job in Denver <clears throat> for eleven million dollars a season, and he bet on now himself Sam, and looked where he's at. Right between the eyes Sam's with preaching. that. Yes, Sam's yes. preaching. And yes. what did I say about what did I say about Kaepernick that that cost him? Besides the fact that he couldn't throw, he opted out. He opted out of his contract. And all 100%. he played, thing Mac Jones is going to foolishly do later on. And all and all, yeah. Patriots. And, and all because he got some faulty advice, thinking, "Well, your value is probably higher now mm-hmm. than ever before." And mm-hmm. I don't think the 49ers are going to pay you what you're worth, but these other teams will. Well, you now know that isn't the case. Yeah. 
And it's exactly. it's un, it, it's un, it's unfortunate, but Kaepernick did it to himself, just like Lamar Jackson's doing it to himself, and just like Mac Jones is going to do it to himself because he's going to get some faulty advice. Watch this. Watch. That's Sam Shady. He joins us at the bottom of hour one every Friday. It's a pleasure as always. Ready for one hell of an NFC championship. 49ers Eagles from Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. Sam and I will have some reactions after the game. Let's get them, buddy. Definitely. So excited. Uh, real quick before I get out of here, I wanted to give a little bit of USFL news. Um, Let's go for Cole it. Kelly. A quarterback with the NFL pedigree has signed with the Memphis Showboats. Uh, nice. So that's kind of some big news. That actually gives them several quarterbacks with NFL ties at this point. With James Morgan, former fourth-round mm-hmm. pick uh, with Pittsburgh. And then also recently, if you haven't seen, the Pittsburgh Maulers changed their colors. They went from black purple and, and orange and to black and yellow. Yeah, so they oh, are. Oh Lord, no, and no, they and they no. went with the fourth, and there's a fourth hub also no. being Detroit, yes, Michigan. No. Yeah, so uh, two teams, Philadelphia and uh, Michigan, will play in Detroit at Ford Field, mm-hmm. and then also um, Pittsburgh and New Jersey will call Canton Tom Benson Stadium home, and Tom Benson will also get the playoff games as well as the championship game again. Um, But there is one more piece of news, unfortunately, from the USFL, two pieces of news, really, that I have to share with a heavy heart. Um, Defensive end Jesse Lemoner, a 26-year-old player, was signed with the Birmingham Stallions, uh, most recently was drafted by the Arlington Renegades, and also played for the Detroit Lions at one point, has passed away. Uh, he is not the only one, unfortunately. Uh, defensive line coach from the New Orleans Breakers, one of my contacts, actually, uh, Greg mm. Patrick, has also passed away. Um, it, it, one of the things that I wanted to say, and I don't, I don't say this with any ill will towards the league, but it took them all day to acknowledge the fact that Jesse Lemoner had passed. And uh, from what I saw, they didn't even mention Greg Patrick. Uh, to me, that's a huge mistake by the league. You have to be immediate with these things. And why do I say that? Because we saw the XFL acknowledge the death of Jesse mm-hmm. Lemoner, a, a player that chose the USFL over the XFL, acknowledged his death before the USFL did. That's a problem. Oh, On top man. of that, Greg Patrick passed away yesterday. They still haven't even mentioned it. Oh, what is wrong wow. with that? Like that, yeah. that, to me, is a lack of a social media team. They're putting way too much from the league perspective on one or two people that run that social media department. And that's why I wanted to throw this out there, because this is a league thing. It's not the people in the social media department, because there is nobody specific to the Stallions. There's nobody specific to the Breakers. And that's the problem. If there were, we would have better updates. We'd have better news and we'd have more stuff like this covered when it should be. And unfortunately, the USFL hasn't gotten to that point yet. But there is some encouraging signs because they hired a company that's from the outside perspective to uh, handle their marketing in Memphis. So I'm very encouraged by that. I want to see how they handle it in Memphis. Maybe we get some more coverage in Memphis and we see a blueprint for how the USFL can succeed in other cities in the future. Well, we're going to help things out and help things along with our coverage of the USFL teaming up with the Shady Sports Network as well that sam nfc champ championship weekend 
3 p.m. for the NFC, 6.30 for the AFC. Going to be some great, great times, great, great football. Thank you, Sam. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Catch you next week.